welcome to the Pacovi Cast, where faith is unfiltered and voices are heard. And here's your host, Mr. Matt. Yay! Yay! I flubbed a little bit there. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> That's how you know we're doing it live. Two two months, I think we've been doing this, and still, still I'm allowed gotten, once. Yeah, yeah you're allowed. That's it's it. Been two months. Wow. It, has it been? How many? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Started, we started late September. Yeah. It doesn't seem that long, does it's it? It's been a while. Hey, I do want to say in that two month time frame, um, we've had 300 listeners mm-hmm. so far on our. What? Now that's just that's just the the Podbeam platform. I don't know as far as the Google Cast. Um, right. I think Amazon Podcast or Music, whatever Amazon has, we're also up on there. Yeah. So, all right. So today we have a special guest here who's going to share his uh, faith journey and life story with us. And he kind of went over it with me last week. And if you guys listen uh, to what Butch is going to say today, um, there's a couple of themes in there. um, And he's got a great, great story to tell. So um, we're going to go around the table. Introduce yourself, and then I'll kick it off to uh, Mr. Butch. So we'll start with my left. Hi, I'm Addie. I'm Kevin. I'm Turner. I'm Jack. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Carrie. I'm Aiden. I'm Gabe. I'm Lainey. And I'm Mr. Matt. All right, Butch, uh, it's all yours. You run this episode. Have fun with it and relax. Take your time, and uh, it's all yours. My name's Butch Johnson. I'm 76 years old. I have a brother a year younger and a sister two years younger. My mom was married six times. My dad was married four times. In 1946, my mom had finished one year of nursing school when she met a handsome young man on the neighboring farm. She returned to college for her second year but found out she was pregnant and had to drop out. My mom had to give up her dream of being a nurse, but my parents did get married after I was born. When I was three years old, my parents separated. My mother was not able to care for us three kids, so she left us with our grandparents. We didn't have much, but we were never hungry because we raised all our own food. My grandparents were Quakers and were in church whenever it was open. I remember two things. One, how bored I was in church because Quakers have a silent period where you just have to sit there and be real quiet. The second thing I remember was VBS one time when I got my first laid taste of Kool-Aid. After having only drunk water and milk on the farm, Kool-Aid tasted like the nectar of the gods. <laughs> also, while three years old, after fussing all day one Sunday, they called the doctor to come out. The doctor gave me a shot and I went to sleep. The next morning, they couldn't wake me. They rushed me to the hospital and found out my appendix had ruptured. After extensive operations and blood transfusions, I was still in a coma. Two days later, the doctor told my mother that I only had one chance in a hundred to survive, and she should go home and get some rest so she could prepare for a funeral. But two days after that, I did come out of the coma. I think of this as God's first intervention in my life. Sometimes I get emotional when telling this story because I think of how my mom must have felt in that situation. But at age 10, my mother and father reunited. They came and picked up my brother and myself. They left my sister with her grandparents. I can still hear all the screaming and arguing from my grandmother when my parents picked us up. I always regretted being separated from my sister. She has had a rough life. At age 15, 
the four of us were living in an eight by 32 foot mobile home when our stepfather bought a new mobile home and didn't want my brother and I to live in it. Mom got us an apartment close to the school. She would come by in the evenings and bring or fix her meals, then go sleep in the new mobile home before going to work the next day. After attending nine different schools and during graduation, my algebra teacher found out I was not going to college. She told me that I really needed to work with something using math. She knew her husband's company needed an accountant trainee and she suggested I go apply for the job. I applied for the job, but it had already been filled. They said that if I would take some tests, they may be able to place me somewhere else. I took the test and they said no one had ever done as well on the math part. And they offered me a job as a computer operator. Due to this fortunate circumstance, I was at the beginning of the conversion from vacuum tubes to fully transistorized computers and always had jobs with good income. The time my step-grandfather spent working with me using math flashcards really paid off. Don't want anyone to think that I had a bad childhood because I didn't. I had much more freedom than most growing up. It is just that I did not have the guidance that prepared me for entering the real world. I would tend to let frustration build up until I exploded or just ran away. One time I thought I could punish someone by just disappearing. I walked away from my job, took a bus to Washington, D.C., lived there for three months, living on the streets and in a rooming house when it was colder. I had to take the bus because I'd lost my driver's license for a year. That was actually the second time I had lost my license. I had no respect for God or the law. I would go to court and put my hand on the Bible and tell lie after lie. After three months, I returned to High Point only to find out the only one I hurt was my mom who had no idea where I was. I do want to mention that I love my parents just as much as any of you love your parents because I came to understand that they did the best they knew how. After being fired on another job, I was out drinking with a friend when another of his friends came by looking for someone to go to California. I volunteered and we left the next morning. Our first stop was in Mobile, Alabama, and then we went to New Orleans. I left that evening heading to Atlanta. My radio was always on the talk radio station because of damaged hearing nerves. Billy Graham was on doing a revival service, but I wasn't paying any attention to it. As I was traveling down 85 and somewhere inside Georgia, all of a sudden my body burst into a million points of energy like a fairy godmother tapping someone with a wand, and I floated up out of my seat. I grabbed the steering wheel with both hands and pulled over to the side of the road and said, what the heck was that? Somehow, I thought the party I had planned in Atlanta felt wrong all of a sudden, but I went on into Atlanta and partied anyway. After finally moving back to High Point, I resumed my computer career. I met an old friend and told her about my experience. She had taken a job in Virginia Beach and told me that the world's largest parapsychological library was a block from her apartment and thought I should come up and visit it. I joined a group called A Search for God. This wasn't an outward search. It was a journey of transforming oneself to be prepared to let God work through them. It included daily meditation, studying some Bible verses, and finding ways to apply what we learned. I learned patience and had a lot of spiritual growth through this process. Without patience, it's very difficult to grow in a positive way. 
1979, I got married to a wonderful woman who had grown up as a Methodist, so I am a Methodist by marriage. Seven years after I started meditating, I was meditating one evening in our guest bedroom when I felt a rush up my spine, and I floated up through clouds with colors similar to a rainbow. When I came out on the other side of those clouds, I was in a blank universe with a bunch of stars. As I was enjoying my immense freedom, I noticed that one of the stars was coming in my direction. When it got close, it was a perfect circle of light with Jesus standing in the middle of it, holding his arms out. Welcome. I would like to say I had this great conversation, but the next thing I remember was coming out of that bedroom feeling like I was on cloud nine. It was 20 years before I felt comfortable telling anyone about that conversation. And it was here at Covenant. My father was having health problems and tried to get me to go into business with him. I was going to change jobs, so I went to work with him. It didn't work out, but he wanted to sell his company and retire. He, he ended up dying from lung cancer, which is what his health problem was. His business was erecting the structural steel framework. While working for him, we were subbing small miscellaneous projects to two guys who had a small steel erection business but couldn't seem to make a living from it. I bought their business because I liked the name, Steel Performance. Steel Performance became a very successful business. We ended up having 10 cranes and over 150 employees at times. In 1989, I'd been getting sicker all week before Christmas. I got so sick that I got my father-in-law to take my wife and I to the hospital. I passed out in the emergency room and they took me into the operating room to do exploratory surgery. I woke up on Christmas morning to find out that I used to have colon cancer. The doctor said I would have died if I had waited much longer to get to the hospital. The surgeon that this said that the scar tissue from the surgery almost 40 years earlier when my appendix ruptured had been irritating my colon and caused colon cancer. So don't let small irritations build up because they can fester into much larger problems. In 1991, so I built a 10,000-square-foot building to operate from. In 1995, my brother had retired from the Navy, and I gave him 49% of the company to help run it. In 1999, I built a 30,000-square-foot building to operate out of, along with some lease space. In 2000, I built a 5,000-square-foot home, which we currently live in. And so I was blaming everyone, blaming my brother, blaming my engineer and my estimator, just but finally, around Thanksgiving, after blaming everyone else, I finally realized the problem was me. I had gotten off my spiritual path and not living properly. I committed to God to get back on my spiritual path, including going to church and studying the Bible. We began attending Covenant Church in November 2001, and I joined Judy Marshall's Bible for Beginners class. I lived as godly a life as I possibly could over the next six months, often meditating twice a day. However, in April 2002, things had gotten so bad that everything came crashing down on me all at one time. The bank had already taken the money from the sale of my previous house because I had used it for collateral. The bank was calling an additional $1.3 million in loans that they wanted paid within the next 30 days and I need $100,000 the next day to pay payroll and bills or I would have to close the doors and lose everything, including her new home. 
The devastation to my family employees caused me to suffer greatly, and I knew I couldn't live to the end of the day in the amount of pain I was suffering. Then I remembered that Judy had said that someone had begged God so strongly for forgiveness that he had finally forgiven them. I went to Bicentennial Gardens and sat down on the bench looking across the field. As I prayed and begged God as hard as I could, and it was more begging than praying, I, I heard a bird chirping in front of me. But there wasn't anything in front of me for the bird to sit on. As I kept begging and praying, the chirping got louder and louder. As much as I wanted to open my eyes, I couldn't because I had let God down too many times. When the chirping became angry and louder, and finally I said, God, please forgive me, but I have to open my eyes. There wasn't a bird, but across the field was a line of trees, and from the top of the trees there was the perfect image of a lamb. I could see the gleam in it in his eyes and each hair on his face. But who could paint a better image than God? I fell to my knees and knew that the Lamb of God was watching over me. I was so relieved that I got up and went to Chick-fil-A for lunch. I didn't think my financial troubles would disappear. I just knew that whatever happened, I would be at peace with it. To that day, I was prepared to close the doors when my accountant said the IRS had instituted a fast refund program because businesses were doing so badly after 9-11. Contacted the IRS and they wired $100,000 into my checking account within two hours. The following Friday, I was in the same shape. I needed another 100000 or I would have to close the doors. In the Friday afternoon mail was a check for $100,000. Then I had a call from an unfamiliar steel company in Florida saying, I had been recommended to erect an $800,000 project that another rector had backed out of. I had a call from another steel fabricator I'd never worked with. He said they had a minute-made processing facility in Florida that they were going to erect with their own people, but they had too much work. And that's, they told the uh, general contractor, and he said, well, steel performance had done some work for us in the past and done a good job. So they called me, we moved the crane there, and the same fabricator called and said, we've got a contract on the Bass Pro at Concord Mills Mall. Uh, if you can do that, that'd like for you to. And so we just dropped the crane off there and went to work. That, that project ended up being 750000 So time after time, miracle after miracle popped up to get everything back in good shape. One word of advice. No matter how small of a task you do, do it as though you're doing it for your Lord. If you approach the small things in life this way, the big things will take care of themselves. Any questions? Well, I've been uh, taking notes. One thing when he was when when Butch was telling me last week uh, this story, uh, I thought it would really resonate with you guys um, where you are in your life because there's so much that he's gone through that you guys probably have gone through, um, will go through, or going through currently. So growing up, he had no life guidance. But the search for independence, you guys are going to go through that, like finding out who you are, right, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you, who you are personally, uh, what you want to be. Um, and he, he did all that. He went through stepfather, didn't want him in the mobile home, right, to me, that theme is that's that feeling of not being wanted or not being accepted. You guys are going to go through that if you haven't gone through that already. And you never did find out why. No. 
And you, you stayed in one of the older mobile homes at that point, right? No, uh, Mom got us an apartment. Across, apartment, that's right. Across from the school so we could uh, walk back and forth to school. So did your mom stay in that apartment with you? or? Well, she, she would come by in the evenings and make sure we had food. Mm. So that, yeah, so the struggle you endured as a, as a youth yourself, again, I think that's, you guys will go through those types of things. Not necessarily those exactly, but those types of themes. Um, The other thing I wrote down, the seeds that we sow will come back. So like when you said Judy had told you something, and then you remembered what Judy had said um, when you were basically on your knees begging, right? Um, and then your your non nonstop belief in God and commitment to do better and commitment to have faith um, brought you all the good things when you were down in your luck. You know, one thing after another started coming up. And I wrote that down as, you know, if you stay faithful and consistent, um, God will provide. And there's been tons of times in my life where I've been in Butch's situation. Um, I'm worthless. I have nothing to live for type thing. But yet God continues to provide for me. And I've always wondered, like, why? Why does God want to take care of me when I turn my back on him, when I lost my my way? Um but God is a loving God, and that's something that you guys need to remember, that when you guys feel like there's nothing left for you guys, there is, and it's God. It always starts with God. Um, take a step back and realize that. And that's one thing you said, is that it wasn't until you stepped back and realized that it wasn't other people's fault that the business was running rampant. Uh, it was your fault. And how often do we blame other people for things that go on in our lives when it's actually our fault. Absolutely. Right. I'll make one statement. Saying I believe in Jesus is not faith. Trusting Jesus enough to live the way he taught us to live is true faith. That's our quote of the day right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, usually we have a quote of the day. And I, I that's think it that, right there. that's it. So you, you saw Jesus. Can you describe what, could you describe him like detailed or was it just a blinding light well it, it was a blinding light but it, it was very clear not not to the point of being able to give any detail like with a lamb but it was a, a traditional appearance of jesus but but you knew it was jesus oh yes yeah i think jesus could technically in an instance like that could look like anything right um and the way i feel about it is jesus will come to you in the the way that won't freak you out, right? That's just, you know, whatever you, whatever, he can look like whatever is going to make you feel comfortable. Well, I'll give you one very vivid experience. I was planning on doing something I knew I shouldn't do. And that night as I was sleeping, this this figure that uh, I can only describe as looking somewhat like Herman Monster hmm. picked me up and slammed me down, threw me around to the point of death. And I woke up, went back to sleep, and it happened again, over and over. Wrestling with God, huh? (laughs) And I didn't do what I was thinking about. That does it. Butch, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Um, Again, I think uh, going back and listening to it, we could probably pick out a few things we we didn't catch, but uh, I think your story will resonate 
with us. Um, and that, again, if we just keep committed to our faith in God, that eventually he'll provide. We just got to be patient and wait for it. So thank you so much. Everybody say thank you to Butch. Thank, thank you, Butch. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.